The podcast is back. The podcast is back. The podcast is back. Hey, happy Tuesdays, joggers. It's just another Y Guys podcast. I'm Dustin Jones. Happy to have you along for the ride. Oh, one more time. So we're going to do this a little bit different. We're going to call this a cold open. Actually, it's always a cold open, really, when I just drop this in because there's no music ahead of this. There's no ad. It's just the dulcet tones of my, the podcast is back, to tickle you on this Tuesday morning. So I hope you're enjoying this, but we're going to do something a little bit different. We have a guest coming up. It's Rod Stark. He's a Hall of Famer for the Jog Pod. I know that you love him. I love him. He's a great storyteller. We have great conversations. But before we do that, we have, as promised, from last week's podcast... We didn't do a separate podcast, but it's time for Breaking News Audio. Hey, Nikki. Nikki Jones. What's happening? How's it going? Happy Football Sunday. Yeah, thanks. As we record this. Obviously, this doesn't go up till Tuesday, but we are currently in the midst of fantasy football. I'm getting my ass whooped. Me too. So that'll be fun. I'm going to lose two in a row. Mm. Very good possibility that I'm going to end up kicked out of the survivor pool. And it's really going to piss me off because I'm probably going to go undefeated the rest of the year as the Saints just continue <laughs> to roll through the NFL. So, you know, fuck my life. That's the risk you take when you choose all your players from I know. one team. I know. But you know what? When I'm raking in the pile of cash, all the cash at the end of the year comes to me. And it looks like it's rigged like I set this whole thing up to steal money from my friends. Perfect. I'll feel better about myself. But it's understandable. We have more important things to discuss. Yes, we do. As noted and discussed on the previous episode of the podcast, the motherfucking Foo Fighters are opening this new spot at Harris Casino in New Orleans called the Fillmore. It's a 2,200-seat music venue. <laughs> they are playing two shows there. The tickets went on sale this week. And guess what, motherfucker? I got two pair! Yeah! Wait a second. I didn't get two pair. I got two tickets. I didn't get two pair. I got two tickets! Woo-hoo! Two tickets to paradise! I got two, two tickets, tickets to, to Foo Fighters! <laughs> so, yes. We have tickets to Foo Fighters. General admission. On the floor. Standing. Which means I gotta go on a diet. So I can stand for three hours. For a Foo Fighters show. Me too. Get, get, get my yoga on. Get my stretch on. Get my fuck on. Wait, what? Dude, too far. <laughs> Gross. I'm a little amped up. I already recorded Rod's portion <laughs> of the podcast. I'm a little fired up. I got some energy. I felt the show was really good. I'm looking forward to everyone hearing it. You're not drunk? I'm not hungover. <laughs> I haven't been drinking at all today. It's amazing how much more energy and how more upbeat and into this thing I am when I haven't been drinking. <laughs> Had a delicious breakfast. I crushed breakfast this morning. You did crush breakfast. Oh, it was so amazing. Good. I made too much food and too. I couldn't decide what I wanted to make. And since we didn't have dinner last night, I decided to make two things. <sighs> we had double breakfast today. It was amazing. <sighs> but in fairness, it's four o'clock and we haven't eaten since. So no, I mean, I did have know. a few Cheez-Its. Well, that's a snack. That's a snack. And if you've looked at uh, uh, Mark Wahlberg's uh, How to Live Life Properly, he has about twenty-seven, <laughs> twenty-seven snackings listed on his page. So. I'm guessing I, his snacks are like 14 almonds or something, though. Like, <laughs> not, not, his not five, a half a box of Cheez-Its. His five hours of working out are a little bit different than, right. than what we do. Um, I, I may have commented, yeah, I got the snacking part down. The rest of it, he can go fuck himself, but <laughs> I got that part down. So, we have these Foo Fighter tickets. We do. I'm very excited. It's 
the top of my bucket list. In fairness, I would prefer the room was even smaller. I would like, preferably it would just be me and like 12 other people, like people like I'm friends with, like, you know, Dana and Hanson and, you know, the Foo Fighters. Here's the thing though. I want people there who are as into the Foo Fighters as we are. Correct. So like, do we have that many friends that would be as excited about this show as we are? I named the two of them, Dana and Hanson. Hanson wouldn't be that excited. If, if I said, Hanson, we're gonna go see a shoot. Uh, we're gonna go see Foo Fighters, and there's gonna be twelve of us in a room. He would be excited. I as, well, ex- as excited as Hanson gets say, about anything. He doesn't really get that excited. I would see the twinkle in his eye. I would. I would He'd get he a little smirk. It's not like he would. It's not like he would truffle shuffle or He's anything. He's not gonna jump I mean, up and down. Like, you know, he'd be like, "Oh, cool, cool, bro." <laughs> How are we friends with somebody who's cool, so chill? Cool, I don't. I don't know. You brought him. I know. How did I become friends? I don't know. We're balanced for each other, He's, I guess. I'm the spaz. He's the. You know, there must be something about him because I took him as my people. So. <laughs> yeah, he's more your people probably than my people now. I don't know. It's it's a, it's a delicate it's a t- balance. It's, yeah, it is. So, <laughs> I just noticed that there's a pair of your underwear sitting in your office. Hey, you never know when you're going to need a quick change. <laughs> I'm guessing they aren't clean. <laughs> But they've been they've been sitting there for a number of days, so they've they've uh, aired they've out. Aired out. So you can you can throw them on in an emergency. Gross. In a pinch, <laughs> you can throw them on. You're disgusting. I'm not saying I would. I'm just saying you could. Oh, yeah, yeah, like you've never. Why'd you reach down and give them a sniff? And, I'm good. And, and I'll us, I will pass on eh, that. Come on, we're married. It's not like you haven't smelled Sorry, anything I keep getting, worse than that. I'm all like in and out of my microphone here. <sighs> I, I keep trying to set up a bit and I'm then sorry, we fuck go it for up. It. I'm, no, I'm trying to remember what it was now. Oh. <laughs> so we have these Foo Fighters tickets. Yes. Which is a dream. They were really expensive. Yes. So I think I need to a GoFundMe or something. Can some of you can someone finally pay me for doing this fucking podcast? Can you throw me a few bucks? I mean, come on. This is all this free entertainment. It's like an hour and 20 minutes of your Tuesday that you're not having to listen to your boyfriend or girlfriend drone on about shit that you don't care about. You're getting to listen to me talk about shit you don't care about. (laughs) So we have these Foo Fighters tickets. We're very excited. It's the Saturday after Valentine's Day in New Orleans. It's going to be amazing. It is going to be amazing. I'm so excited. Hopefully... Hopefully we don't get a uh, Walla Walla festival show. Hopefully we get like a three-hour actual Foo Fighter show. Right. We're also getting to see um, the Preservation Jazz Hall Band open yes, for them, I'm which is about that too. super dope. I will say my one concern is that they're doing a Friday and a Saturday show, yeah. and that we're seeing the Saturday show. I'm a little bit concerned that, that Dave's going to get a little too excited on Friday, yeah. and he's going to sound like a frog on Saturday. Yeah. Well, that's it'll still be possible. fun. It'll still be fun no matter what. He just throw, just take a couple shots, some throat coat. He's had voice problems though. Mm-hmm. Like this tour, he's had some problems. Well, I think he's finally had to be like, like before when he was like, yeah, I don't do throat coat. I don't do any warm ups. Like whatever. I just get on stage. I drink a bunch of alcohol and I get on stage. I'd like, like to say, I'd like to say thank you for getting uh, seven minutes into the podcast before you started poo pooing on how this could go bad, how this could go poorly. I appreciate it. Hey, I'm doing a show here, pal. <laughs> He gets very nervous when both of us are in here. We're we're podcasting. Want to say hi to the people? Woof. Say woof. Can you speak? Woof. Speak. Speak. He's not going to. Um. Yeah. So we're going to see Foo Fighters. I'm very excited. It's gonna be amazing. 
Um, my uh, 2019 is uh, filling up drastically with for cool shit to do. Um, I'm probably going to, yeah, I could really use some extra money. So if any of you guys <laughs> want to uh, donate to the cause, I'd greatly appreciate it. Before we, uh, before we switch over to uh, the Rod Stark portion of this podcast, um, how's fantasy football going for you? Oh, God, it's so bad. So, like, I'm trying to be diligent and, like, read shit and, right. like, know what's going on. And they have steered me wrong two weeks in a row. So I can't remember who it was last week that they told me to, they told me two players to not, to not start because they were going to be limited or right. there was some other player that was going to get more of the looks than they were or whatever. And my bench, I had more points on my bench than I did on my team. Was it last week or the week before? Anyway, this week is the same. Um, there's a guy, something Rogers. I can't even remember what his name is. I don't even know who my teammates, to my team Your members, teammates my are. teammates, who my teammates are, <laughs> my team members are, um, my players are. But uh, I, I saw something that said to st- to not play him because he wasn't going to get any looks, so I didn't. And they said, and also Paul Richardson, who uh, plays for Washington, that he wasn't going to get anything, and he scored a ton of points today. I mean, not huge, but. He was in the teens for sure. So, yeah. And I was going... Chester Chester Rogers. So you're upset that you didn't play a dude named Chester Rogers? I never even heard of this guy. Yeah, but he scored points on other weeks too. And I didn't play him because he was specifically mentioned in this article not to play him. Hmm. And that's the only reason why I took him out of my lineup. Well. But, oh well. So you would have taken Cooper Cup out of your lineup? No. You'd have taken Chris Davis. Wait, who is this? You'd have taken Corey Davis out of your lineup? Yes. All right. Well, we'll see because he hasn't done anything yet. So this could all be bullshit. Well, Corey Davis has gone back and forth on me, though. Like the one week I didn't start him, he had a huge week, and then he sucked every other time that I played him. They are playing Baltimore, though. Baltimore's defense tends to be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that was that was good times. Ben Roethlisberger had a, he's my quarterback. He had a shot to, um, he had two different times where he tried to throw for a touchdown. One they were stopped at the one yard line, and I think they ended up running it in. And then the other time, um, he just overthrew it, and and then they ended up having to kick. So. Well, it's a good thing you asked a real smart person for advice on who to start at quarterback. Yeah, because how much did Trubisky and 29 it's only six points yeah i mean in the grand scheme of things i'm still getting my ass kicked so i wouldn't have made that much of a difference but still like literally if literally the difference in them scoring the same is the fact that they had that that roethlisberger had that throw to smith schuster where he flipped over and his head hit at the half yard line right Uh, that was the difference between that being a 45 yard touchdown and being a 44 yard pass and then Right. Them running it in or whatever. So I mean, yeah, you know. But yeah, no. Um, I've only won one week. So what are you talking uh, about? You're two and three. Am I two? Yeah, I don't remember. Who. All right. Well, I've won twice, I guess. But yeah, I'm. It's not great. My past fantasy teams have done much better. I screwed myself in the draft this year. I overthought it. I didn't pick some guys that I had opportunities to pick. Like I had an opportunity to get Emmanuel Sanders and I was like, Oh, I don't know. He's getting kind of old. Maybe he's not going to get that many points. Stupid. He's had, he's been great this whole season. Like I I had a bunch of opportunities and I shot myself in the foot. So, well, you know, I'll be happy when I take all your money. It's fine. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I know that uh, I've already recorded the portion of the Rod Stark podcast that's coming up after this, but uh, I'm excited for everyone to hear it. You only heard really my half of the uh, right. the show. Um, we talk about a lot of fun stuff, and I'm excited for you guys to hear it. One thing I will caution people that are listening to this, towards the end of the show, we do talk about A Star is Born. Rod felt like he needed to spoil the movie on a couple of different occasions and do so in a way that I can't really edit it out of the show <laughs> without it not making sense for the rest of the conversation. So here is your warning. You have been warned. If you have not seen A Star is Born, there are spoilers when we talk about it. So either know that and skip that section or you're probably going to get it spoiled. So you have been given fair warning. I've now been giving you a like 30 second spoiler alert. So <laughs> spoiler alert. That is all. Do you have anything left for the people? Nope. You know what? We know what we've done for the last few weeks in a row, Jones. What have we done? We've got, we've, we've given the people. We've got to give the people. Give the people. What they want. <laughs> Thank you, Jalen and Jacoby. Stole that. I steal everything, mostly. None of my podcast stuff is really original. I steal it from people that are much more talented than me. Like this cold open. Stole this from uh, other many other podcasts. But um, let's get on with the Rodstock portion of the show. I think you guys are going like, to like it, enjoy it, even if you don't. Just pretend that you do. It'll make me feel better. So this is this week's episode of Just Another White Guys podcast with Hall of Fame Jog Potter, Rod Stark. Here we go. Welcome back to the show, sir. Thank you for having me again. Are you are you really excited to be back in the saddle? I did uh, I did post you as a uh, Hall of Fame member of the Jog Pod family. I, I feel that that's applicable. We haven't officially opened the Hall of Fame yet, but I th- I feel like you're a first balloter. I, I was waiting for my ring. I saw that. I was like, "Where's my Hall of Fame ring?" Here, ring. Come on now. No, we're not going. We're not going rings. We're gonna get uh, big um, chains that, uh, like Hercules, like Hercules Hernandez chains, but uh, they come around like a necklace, and then put like a medallion, then like a medallion on it, like flavor flavor big. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. All right, with the logo stamped on there. Damn it! That, that was just a that was just a marketing idea. Someone write that down. Hey, um, someone over in my uh, legion of uh, minions. Someone write that down over there. Thank you. Appreciate it. So we are recording on probably what will be the last beautiful uh, summerish feeling kind of day here in Houston. And I've been watching football, and now I'm sitting inside recording a podcast. So that seems like a good uh, use of a good weather day, doesn't it? Exactly. Way to make the most of it there. Is it snowing? Is it snowing in Michigan yet? 
in the Upper Peninsula it has, but it hasn't where I'm at. All right, because uh, a few of so, my like a few hours. A few of my friends have uh, posted pictures of uh, Minneapolis with uh, snow on the ground today, so they uh, oh. they're not very excited. But that probably means that we'll get a dusting here in the next day. Or so. it's, it's coming for you. Usually there. Now I know that we talked on your podcast. The Stark Contrast, which uh, I highly encourage all of uh, my listeners to go and, and find and uh, download on all of your preferred podcast uh, platforms. You're on the old iTunes, the Google Plays, and all those sorts of things. Just look for The Stark Contrast. Um, I know that we talked about fantasy football. I, uh, I, I finagled you, uh, roped you in to this little fantasy football thing that I have going on. Um, Basically, just asked a bunch of people on my Facebook page, "Hey, you guys want to be in fantasy football?" And it's it's a real hodgepodge of uh, of people that I know. Um, and and Rod jumped at the chance with, "What would you say that your level of previous fantasy football experience is?" I I did it once, like maybe a decade ago, and actually it did quite well. Right, just one season of it, but I haven't watched football. Probably since that, like, man, maybe <laughs> at least five years. Like the my my level of commitment to uh, the NFL has uh, definitely dwindled. I think I, I watched the second half of the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, um, but other than that, I hadn't watched any football at all. So yeah, mm-hmm. and then this year I've I've watched maybe three minutes if that <laughs> of total of total football watching so really you're just uh rolling the dice and just kind of seeing what happens yeah and I'm, now, I'm having about the same luck as <laughs> when i roll dice now right now you uh you have one win in the league correct i have zero you wins. Have zero I have wins. A perfect record you have a perfect yeah. record i suffered my first loss last week and i was not happy about it I lost to my cousin Andrew, which uh, was really frustrating. But as of right now, you are playing uh, my buddy Pablo. You currently are only down by 16.3 points. And you still have your defense and Tom Brady to play. So I think that you got a real shot to pick up your win here. Nice. Because he he still has three players to play. But I don't know. I'm not feeling. I, I feel. I feel like uh, if Tom Brady can can pull out a big game here against Kansas City, I think you got a real shot to pick up your first win here, man. Yeah, I know. When before this week started, like the the pre fantasy numbers, right? Had him beat me by 20 points. Yeah, right now. And, you're, right now, the projection has you down to a, you're you're still a, an underdog, uh, but it's down to let's see. Uh, quick math, uh, about, uh, 16 points. So I've cut it a little bit. Yep. So you're, you still got, you still got a chance. Now myself, I'm in line to take a second ass whooping in a row as the, uh, my birthday twin Jen Baker has a fucking juggernaut of a team and, uh, is just crushing it. I unfortunately, went with the strategy where I drafted pretty much the entire offense of one particular team. 
and there is one week in the schedule where that's going to bite me in the ass, and that's when they all go on the bye week. And this was the the New Orleans Saints bye week, so I'm feeling the effects of that right now. I am down uh, about 40 points uh, to Jen with uh, only a few of my players left to play, so not looking good. In fact, I could be in line to uh, be kicked off the uh, the the island, so to speak, in terms of uh, lowest score for the week for our survivor pool, which is going to be really annoying when I don't lose the rest of the season. And uh, I end up getting kicked off this week, but fingers crossed that uh, that I'll still be in it. But uh, are you at least are you at least having fun, like bantering back and forth at all, or like reading some other? Oh, like, yeah. is, no. is it enjoyable at I, all? Yeah, I enjoy that part of it, and I really shot myself in the foot to start uh, with the draft. I I had never used ESPN, and I I was really like a blonde moment or whatever, but I didn't anticipate all the, it was giving me indications that all the guys I was drafting were hurt going into the season. Right. And, uh, I think out of my first, first of all, I started with Tom Brady and I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have drafted a quarterback after the draft. I was like, so it was stupid. That's uh, that definitely uh, got an interesting reaction from uh, several people. Yeah, it, it was, it was a boneheaded move to start. And then I proceeded to, for the next, five rounds to pick injured players who have uh, been lackluster in their performance thus far this year. So, uh, yeah, I, I really started by shooting myself in the foot and then just have uh, continued to uh, underwhelm. But, yeah, no, it's it's fun. I, uh, just the enjoyment of hearing everybody's uh, razzing of each other. Is, uh, but like any good baby uh, face, you're about ready to uh, kick it into high gear and start making your comeback. I feel it. There you go. Second half of the uh, old schedule is fine. You've been selling and selling and selling. Now it's time for you to fire up and make that comeback. Hold all you heels get some heat on me. Now uh, yeah, time, time to come back for the so, win. So we use that great uh, wrestling uh, terminology to segue, as I am a master of that, uh, into uh, – some international intrigue, but also wrestling related. So I'm sure a few people that are listening to this are aware of the uh, Washington Post uh, reporter that was killed uh, in allegedly, factually, depending on which source you want to want to believe. Um, we're all pretty sure that he's dead. That's what we can all agree on. Um, but that uh, a reporter, not a U.S. citizen but working for the Washington Post, killed uh, in the Saudi Arabia embassy in Istanbul, Turkey. Now, why why does this matter to us as a whole? You, you can get into all kinds of different back and forth about how you know Saudi Arabia is kind of an out of touch country, and the you know the U.S. has looked the other way on a lot of interesting uh, Saudi dealings but where this ties into to something that that connects with with what we're both interested in is the kingdom of Saudi Arabia is paying WWE a lot of money over a 10-year period to bring uh, I think it's two shows a year to Saudi Arabia and they have a wrestling show scheduled for uh, I think it's in Riyadh on yeah on uh, November 2nd now this morning there were reports that that show had been taken off of the website 
indicating that maybe they were pulling it from the schedule. Now, here in the last hour or so, Dave Meltzer has tweeted that it, in fact, is still planning to go forward. So, kind of in flux. Definitely, WWE is getting pressure from mostly Democrats, but a smattering of Republicans uh, saying that maybe not the best idea to go over there and, and do that at this time. So, what do you make of this whole situation? Is this, I mean... I, I'm not a su- I'm not a big fan of them doing this deal to begin with, especially the fact that they are basically being paid to propagandize the kingdom of Saudi Arabia as this great country with all this you know culture and all this stuff that we should all be interested in. It's one thing if you just go there and do the show, but I mean they're basically doing infomercials for the kingdom of Saudi Arabia on their uh, their network. Yeah. Um... I, I wasn't a big supporter of the idea to begin with. I've been a, uh, I don't say a, a detractor, but I, I've been against Saudi Arabia and our country's role in relationship with Saudi Arabia since I was a high schooler, yeah. especially, you know, after nine 11 and stuff. But, uh, and, and just, the the fact that in general the U.S. has made excuses for Saudi Arabia as far back as my life has gone, mainly with because of their financial ties and you know the fact that they're an oil country. But uh, I, I wasn't happy to hear WWE was going in bed with them to begin with, and then it was announced that HBK was going to come back for the show, and I was like, well, maybe you know <laughs> I. I can forgive some Saudi bullshit if they can get HBK back since he's my favorite wrestler. But uh, no, I wasn't. I was never a, a fan of the idea to go to Saudi Arabia. I I really think they should pull it. I don't know that they're going to, but I, I can't see where it's a good PR wise or you know just in general for the WWE being a publicly traded company to go forward with all the backlash that. Saudi Arabia is getting right now. Yeah. And you look at, so reportedly it's a 10 year contract that the WWE has for a, it's not confirmed exactly how much it is because they don't release the terms of the deal, but guesstimations on, you know, how, how much they're getting paid for this. It's like $45 million a year over t- for 10 years. I mean, this is nearly a half a billion dollar business deal of, you know, just basically botch. They're buying these shows to come over and, you know, they have to be throwing crazy amounts of money to get Sean to come out of retirement, to get Brock Lesnar, who is no longer under contract with WWE to come back and do one more match to, you know, the amount of money they're having to throw out Brock Lesnar has to be, insane and you would think Brock Lesnar a guy who has uh been critical of you know uh socialized medicine in Canada even though he now lives in Canada and I'm sure he takes advantage of that socialized medicine now I I don't uh, I don't imagine uh Brock is in Saskatchewan and and uh has an ear infection and and you know jumps on a plane and flies to the U.S. I don't think that's happening maybe it is but uh I I don't think I don't I don't buy that he uses socialized medicine you don't think think so I think I think he's got private doctors. He's he's got money. He's not waiting in line. 
but that 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 man is not waiting in line anyway. Well, I, I, I don't think. Well, I mean, but, he's using Canadian doctors. I'm, I'm not necessarily oh, that he's using socialized medicine, but that he's. He's not uh, jumping on a plane for uh, a, a head cold or something. Hell, Brock, Brock's a farm and country boy. He gets a head cold. He may not do anything about it anyway. So regardless right, of that, some you, you would, <laughs> yeah, a, a, just a shot, you know, that, uh, that'll fix everything. Um, but it's interesting that, uh, that, that he would, he would jump on a plane and, and be willing to go over there and do that. And just, but it, it just goes to show you that if you pay someone enough money, that th- their values change at least a little bit. Right, and you're talking millions of dollars for right. one day. Hey, jump on a plane, I'm going to pay you. Honestly, if they came to me and said, hey, we want you to fly over here, we're going to pay you $5 bucks for a day of your time, okay, yeah, I'll probably do that. I'm pinch my nose and, you know, not be happy with it, but, you know. Even if even if you're a rich person, $5 bucks ain't nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, like... For five million, I'd fly over there and rub the Saudi princess feet on live TV. So <laughs> the offer is out there. So I, I think we both agree that this is a bad idea for WWE, but I understand. You know, they want the money. That's just you know the way things are. Now, what's interesting is so to sidetrack for a second. I remember about ten years ago, you were kind of dabbling in the stock market. And you had purchased some shares of a few different companies, kind of when we were at like the bottom of the market. Um, I know you had a few. Yeah, didn't you have a, like a few shares of like Ford and Sirius XM and, and a couple other things? And you also had some WWE stock, and it was down to like what, like five, six bucks a share. Yeah, when I when I bought in at WWE, I bought WWE, Playboy, um, GM, Sirius. It was, it was all the stuff that I actually used. I was like, right. you know what? If I use it, somebody else is going to use it. But when, WWE was at right around five bucks a share when I bought it. So, and, and do you don't have, do you still have that stock? No, I don't. No. I, do, sold, do, I sold all my stock. Do you know what the value of a, a share of WWE stock is right now? I probably don't want to know, but. I know at, it's way more than five bucks. At one point, about a week ago, it was ninety-five dollars a share. Yeah. See, I and I had three hundred shares of it. Yeah. So yeah, this and when I I did sell it for a profit, I, I over doubled my money, but that would have been exponentially higher. But the uh, <laughs> so. Now the question is, what is the uh, Playboy stock price right now? I, that's that's an interesting stock. Yeah. You know, I don't even know if it's still traded because it, it everything fell apart for Playboy. You know, right. once uh, they stopped see. doing the nudity. Um. Well, looks like it's still on this New York Stock Exchange. It is a share price of twelve dollars and. Get this, not making this up. I swear to God, it's twelve dollars and sixty nine. Sixty nine. I swear <laughs> to God, I'm not even joking. Nice. That's a very nice stock price. Um, and then we got what? What else did you say? You said uh, GM. GM. Yep. GM stock price. GM is at thirty one seventy nine. And then. Uh, and serious. serious. Yes, XM stock price. 
$6.19. When I bought Sirius stock, it was at $0.05 cents a share. Woo! So if I would have kept all, and I had thousands of shares of Sirius stock, and I sold it when it was like $0.80 cents a share, yeah. it was a huge profit, but now if I would have kept it, there was a point where it hit like 12 bucks a share where I would have had like 80 grand off of what I had. Such is life. I sold it for like like six or seven hundred dollars, I think. So we got we got sidetracked on that, but it just the value yeah, the valuation of the company has just of WWE has just gone through the roof based on the you know the the profitability that they're expected to have when these new TV deals kick in. So I'm pretty sure anyone that's listening to this does not care one one ounce about that. So we'll we'll move on. One one more wrestling topic I want to hit before we move on to some other things. Um, a, a couple of interesting tidbits in uh, Dave Meltzer's uh, Wrestling Observer lately. It sounds like uh, there's a little unrest between um, the uh, the elite, uh, Kenny Omega, Cody, the Bucks, at uh, all uh, uh, regarding uh, staying at New Japan which is making me a little bit nervous because I don't know if you're aware of this or not. I think you might be because uh, I think you're going to be sitting next to me, but we kind of dropped a lot of fucking money to go see uh, the New Japan Super Show at Madison Square Garden. And um, if Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and Cody aren't going to be there, uh, that's the, I'm not super excited about that at that point. Yeah, that's. I, I saw that they put the, the, the Young Bucks had put a uh, tweet out that their last elite shirt was uh, on sale. They weren't going to do any more. Well, no, no, last Bullet Club shirt. Or Bullet Club, there you go. So, so the interesting thing is the Young Bucks contracts with um, Ring of Honor uh, and New Japan are up at the end of the year. So they they are going to be free agents. Cody is going to be a free agent. Kenny Omega is a free agent at the end of January, I believe. So this this puts them this puts everything in an interesting situation. Now it felt like a couple months ago that the the way everything was trending, these guys were probably gonna stay in at least I don't know, maybe not full time New Japan, but you know, at least doing a lot of stuff with them. Now apparently a couple of contract offers have come over from New Japan that are not for nearly as much money as um, as they had hoped they would be for. So it seems as though, you know, it's it's an interesting situation because you have new leadership uh, in New Japan uh, in terms of who's actually running the company in the day-to-day operations. Not, not the booking, the wrestling direction, but the actual business direction. Um, so I'm, I'm a little bit worried about what's going to happen not not because I won't ever be able to see Kenny and, and Cody and the Young Bucks wrestle again. You could see them wrestle on, all the time. They were on uh, Cody and the Bucks, I think, were on uh, Ring of Honor this weekend. So it's not like you can't see them. But uh, those New Japan shows with those guys on them are, are, are the best wrestling shows consistently uh, going right now. So I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about what happens um, if, if they go away. Yeah, that's... Definitely does not excite me when we have that show coming up, especially. But uh, I, I'm hoping that they they can figure out a way to make it happen with New Japan. I know you you mentioned new management and uh, TNA Impact went through that, where the management switched and they lowballed 
a bunch of their talent and right. the talent left. Like AJ Styles left because they offered him a contract that was like forty percent of his old contract. Yeah. So you know, hopefully New Japan can uh can look at those stupid mistakes by some of these other wrestling organizations and not make them, but we'll see how it you know, it pans out. Now the one interesting note is some people have talked about if you watch uh, Being the Elite, the Young Bucks YouTube show, um, they they really tend to blur the line between like work and shoot. So it's it's kind of hard, you know, it can be hard to decipher what might really be going on. Uh, all indications are that Dave Meltzer has the actual story from the Bucks and Kenny, but isn't really at liberty to discuss specifics. You know, they haven't told him, go ahead and tell everyone this. So I think, you know, is regardless of what, what you say about Dave Meltzer, Dave, first and foremost, is a journalist. And I think some people don't realize how journalism works in that. Is that a Bears pick six, by the way, out there? Oh, no, that was Miami. Shit. I'm getting screwed. Anyway, sorry. Live fan, live, live football update. Um that a lot now i lost my train of thought what was i saying dave Meltzer is a journalist oh, yeah dave Meltzer is a journalist and, and first and foremost if he has a source that tells him you know things that that are going on but say hey you can't you can only say this part of the story like he's he's gonna hold true to that like he's only gonna uh, release the information that he's allowed to give so you know people are always like oh dave you change your story and all this sort of stuff and it's like well, yeah, do you fucking people know how sources work? If you burn a source and give out more information than you're supposed to give, they're never going to give you any more information. Like, that's... I think people just don't understand how journalism works sometimes. Nope. No, exactly. Th- no, th- no thoughts on that? <laughs> no sell on that for no. Uh, David Malta. No, no sell. Well, I know that... Uh, Wrestling really just drives the uh, the numbers on this show, so we'll uh, we'll move on to other topics so that uh, maybe people will will, list, will stick around and, and listen. Now, of course, you and I talk about uh, we tend to talk a lot about political stuff and and all that sort of thing when when we get together. I think I'm gonna we're gonna stay away from that. There's tons of places you can get political talk and negativity about Kavanaugh and so a lot of them a lot of that can be heard on earlier podcasts of mine. But uh, I think we'll uh, we'll leave that aside for now. Let's let's give the people you know some some lighthearted conversation about things that uh, you know that we've done together or or experiences and stuff like that. So um, we've we've done a little show prep. I've sent you a few topics that we might discuss. So I feel like we'll we'll jump into that now. I was running some things by my awesome show producer and helper, the the. Uh, Number one co-host sidekick of all time, Nikki Jones, and asked her a few things about, hey, you've heard Rod on my podcast a bunch of times. What's some stuff that you might be interested in knowing? And she said, you know, I don't know a ton about Rod's early life. Like, I don't, like, we, we kind of know what has, we know a lot of stuff about Rod post us meeting for the first time in Chicago and hanging out at wrestling shows and stuff like that, but we don't really know a lot about you know, Rod as a younger guy. So she was kind of interested in a little bit of your early year stories. Like, um, 
where we know that you live in Michigan, but do, have you lived in Michigan your whole life? Like, how did you end up in Michigan? What's what's kind of the genesis of Rod? Yeah, I, w- I was born in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, and uh, raised in Grand Rapids area until about fourth grade. Then we moved an hour north. Grand Rapids is kind of a it's a decent sized city. And we, we ended up moving out of that in the fourth grade and moved up into Grant, Michigan, which is a little farming community. It was uh, known as the City of Onions. So that was its moniker. And, an, an, appropriate, uh, I, an appropriate place for you to live, a guy with some, some sizable onions on him. There you go, sir. And uh, I, I went to school at Grant. It was a, being a small farming community, my graduating class was like 100 people. Um, and like we discussed on my podcast, there was only one black kid at a time in my school. Um, I cannot confirm or deny whether it was a actual program to only have one black kid, but we only had one black family at a time in Grant. Um, once I graduated, I stayed in Michigan. I went to central Michigan for a year and then I said, uh, um, I better get a job cause I started, uh, uh, reproducing, so I, uh, <laughs> I figured I better get a, a real job, and uh, then I, I went into uh, to the ma- gas station management field. So that was that was the general synopsis of Rod growing up. I was uh, the oldest of three boys. Um, Mom and Dad worked first shift pretty much the whole time, so we were kind of latchkey kids and stuff. And, Grew up in the the eighties uh, and nineties, and graduated in two thousand one. So I know that uh, we also talked about on your podcast that um, you had not only once but twice uh, done blackface, and not realizing that that was not really appropriate. Um, I don't, whatever. I don't. I'm not. I don't really care about that at this point. But I I did note something in a uh, in a picture that you sent me from yearbook. You were the class president? I was indeed the class president my senior year of high school. So did that come about because you chose to like get involved in school or were you like like the popular guy and people pushed you towards that? How did how did how did you end up becoming class president? Well, I was always involved in like sports and uh like I was in the National Honor Society, that kind of stuff. The my reason for running for class president my senior year was only to uh, give a speech at graduation. There were three people that got to give a speech in our graduation ceremony, which would be the valedictorian, the salutatorian, and the class president. Well, I knew there was no chance of being either the valedictorian or salutatorian because they were both 4.0 students at the point, right? And I was not, so there was no way to catch them on that. But I knew that uh, I could usually, I was fairly, I was known for being fairly funny and pretty witty. So I knew I could probably get the uh, the office of class president to then give the speech at graduation. So did you guys have like a general election sort of thing? Did you have to like, did you put together a campaign? Yeah, I, well, I mean, it was. As lackluster and half-assed as a high school campaign could be, we made up some funny posters. Um, 
I got, I actually got endorsements from a bunch of our, like any of the cool teachers in the school. I went to them and got them to endorse me and uh, do a little blurb of, you know, that they endorsed me and they played it on the uh, afternoon announcements. I, I'm pretty sure I was the first candidate to ever do that, to think, to, to get a uh, teacher endorsements from the teachers that people liked. Yeah. And then uh, that was pretty much it. We didn't have to like give nomination speeches or anything like that or debate or anything. It was pretty much, it was just a popularity contest for the there most part. So, you know, a couple of funny posters and, you know, talking teachers into saying funny stuff about me on the announcement. Aside, aside from the speech that you gave at uh, graduation, What's uh, what was a highlight for you of being class president? Was there anything about it that was you know actually fun? Yeah, like um, that was my only motivation for doing it. So I wasn't big on the other elements of being the class president. Uh, we actually had a girl named Stacy that had been our class president ever since it started in the fifth grade. So she, first of all, she was really upset that. I came in all of a sudden and I knocked bet. her out of her spot after all those years. Um, and in retrospect, I mean, I, in some regards, it was a dick move, but, uh, I, I did what I had to do at the very bare minimum. Like we were supposed to figure out budgets and stuff like that. And I didn't as little as I possibly could in that regard to just keep the post to then give the speech at the end of the year. So you you were you were legitimately like the George W. Bush of Grant High School because you <laughs> you were the president, but like you basically let uh, Dick Cheney uh, take care of all the actual important things, and you just kind of were like doing as little as possible. Yeah, uh, I, I could. T- I was so I was George Bush or George W. Bush before. Uh, George W. Bush. Well, no, you, you graduated. Buddy. You graduated in two thousand. He was the president in two thousand. The um, yeah, I guess it would it would have been pretty much simultaneous. Yeah, like I, I think I I, I feel already... I feel like you patterned your whole thing after him. Maybe <laughs> maybe not even realizing it. Maybe it was just subconsciously. No, to be fair though, I took the post in. It would have been August of 2000, and he wasn't elected until November of 2000. So I was in, in my spot before George W. So I feel like he patterned his presidency around me. Not that that makes it any better. <laughs> uh, but you would have been you would have been running at the time. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. I felt yeah. like I felt like giving you the comparison of uh, George W. Bush was better than calling you the Trump of uh, like a precursor to Trump because I don't feel like, cause it's not like you went off and played golf like for 215 of your uh, days of, you know, whatever. Anyway, fuck that moving on. Um, so do so you, uh, you, you kind of did as little as possible. Was there a highlight of your speech? Did you, uh, did you do anything controversial in your speech? Did you like try to really, were you going for humor or were you going for like, I'm going to give like a really impassioned plea to my future, uh, future citizens, uh, not so you're all citizens. I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> um, I, the humor was the main focus, but there, there was an impassioned, you know, bring it on home thing like, about it. Um, I, I had, it was a little controversial. There was nothing in there that was 
too racy or anything, but their their instructions were very vanilla. So I had to turn in a fake speech and then give my real speech. So there was a little bit um, that they they didn't really want in there, but it wasn't bad enough where they came to yank me off the stage or anything. So gotcha. I feel like it was a success. <laughs> um, so we have we've traveled together a fair bit. We have gone on a bunch of road trips. So a, a question that I thought of was, you and and you've traveled a, a lot of different places with with other people, but is there a place that you want to go on a road trip that you haven't gone to yet? Yeah, I've I've never been to the Northwest Coast. I, I've I've been to California, but that's about it straight across. Yeah. So I'd I'd like to go up to the Northwest, um, do like an Oregon and uh, Washington State kind of jaunt. Yep. Um, I'd also like to go up in to Maine in the fall. I think that would be a nice trip. I've I've been to I feel like over forty states driving, but there's a few I still got to check off. But those those would be the main ones that I'd okay. really like to go check out. If if only if only you knew someone who knew anything about Oregon and Washington that could point you in a good direction of where to go and do I know. things. Hmm. One one of these days, I'll meet somebody that is familiar with the area. Maybe 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 they'll be able to point you in the, in that direction. I'm uh, I'm supposed to be going home for uh, yeah. And for anyone that doesn't know, I'm from Oregon. I I would imagine all of you listening to this already know that, but that was sarcasm. Um, I I'm supposed to be going home for Christmas this year, and um, my mom and and her boyfriend Don, they have a little uh, a little cabin on the Central Oregon coast, and uh, I'm hoping that. I know it's not going to be warm over there because it's rarely actually warm on the Oregon coast, but I'm hoping that uh, maybe we can sneak over there for a day where it won't just be completely clouded over. I like just give me a little blue sky. Like I'll take I'll take 45 degrees if I can just get a little blue sky. But if you ever get the chance to to like what I would here's what I would suggest: fly to San Francisco and rent a car and just drive up the Pacific Coast Highway. It's it, it honestly from Northern California up through w- Oregon and into Washington. It's uh, it's one of the most spectacular drives you could ever go on. What time of year would you recommend? Um, I mean, it, it depends on what you're looking for. Like, you, it, it's really it really can be beautiful throughout the year because they don't really get a real cold winter. Like it's, you know, it's a temperate coastal climate. So, you know, you're going to have times where it's going to be more likely to rain than others. But even, even on days where it rains in some of those places, it's still really beautiful. Um, but I mean, I would probably go like in the early spring or like probably like even like right now for me. Cause now it's, cause now it's not going to be as busy. Like if, if you go in this, like if you went in July or June, it's going to be gorgeous, but it's also going to be crazy busy. Right. I'd rather go in. It's not. Yeah. So I, uh, gotcha. yeah, I would definitely like, and I've never, I've never been to the East coast at all. Like uh, I've been to the Miami airport, but like, I've never been to anywhere on the East coast that of course will change in April when we go to New York city. Looking forward to that, um, but yeah, I think uh, driving up the uh, the Atlantic 
the Atlantic coast up into new England and stuff like that. I think that would be a really, a really pretty drive too. So that's a, that's a couple of really good ideas. Um, have you ever, have you ever looked at wanting to like travel abroad, like get on like a plane and go like check out some foreign countries? I've traveled with abroad a few times. Travel but, with no. abroad. Ah, look at that. Where's the rim shot? Uh, no, but, um, no, I, I definitely have, I don't currently have my passport. I'm just a procrastinator, but, uh, I've wanted one of, one of my big bucket list items in life is to go to Japan. I'd love to, you know, spend a, at least a week, if not a couple weeks in Japan, just touring and I'd probably end up dead because I'm so definitely allergic to seafood that I'd end up eating something I wasn't supposed to and end up dead, but it, I feel like it's a great way to go. And then uh, I'd, I'd also like to go see Ireland. I, I've got, I remember, like maybe 30% Irish, so, and DNA. So I, I'd like to go check out Ireland and, you know, tour over there. And then I'd say the third out of the top three would be Australia. Yeah. As for nothing else than the accents. The, uh, so I've, I've, the accents are amazing, especially especially on the dudes. Just so hot. <laughs> that, that actually ties to one of your other questions, but I'll leave that. Exactly. Um, we uh, we like to travel, and I've I actually have I fell down a rabbit hole on YouTube the other day. There's this dude that like does video blogs of like just getting on different airlines and like you know these different flights like i watched a video where he took a boeing 787 from london direct to sydney i think it was or no perth i don't know anyway it was like a direct flight and pretty much every other flight uh, in order to for, to get from London to Australia, you have to route through like Malaysia or something like that because they they just can't go that far. But this was like a sixteen hour direct flight, and he, I was like, God, I'd love to like fly. I I don't ever want to be on a plane for sixteen hours necessarily, but the fact that they had like the fold down seats and all that sort of stuff, like the like he was sitting like in the nice business class section. So I'm like, now that I can get behind. Like, if you're gonna make me sit on a plane for 16 hours, I gotta have the, I gotta have the business class. But his, it's like 20 minute video. Like he's talking to like all the, um, the flight attendants and stuff like that, and they're taking him through like all the food options and and he's you know talking to passengers and stuff like that. I think it was it was pretty interesting. But I'm just like, man, that he's just he's basically created a job for himself where he just gets to get on planes and go different places and it like it looks really awesome and it's like man that's that seems like a good life but i just i i don't know that i want to get on a plane for 16 hours yeah that's a hell of a trip you definitely have to go with the upgrade on that though yeah gotta spring it'd be miserable either way but at least it's a little bit doable gotta spring, you got the upgrade gotta spring for the upgrade I gotta. I, I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to lose a few lbs because I, if I'm on a plane for 16 hours, I'm gonna have to be able to at least squeeze in there and and uh, at, at least uh, pee a couple times. So, gonna. I'm not, I don't want to pull an Andre the Giant where I'm like, hey, can uh, can you just guys just put a bucket in uh, in one of the uh, 
<laughs> in one of the one of the uh what do they call the cabin areas like the uh can you just put a bucket in the galley and i'll just you know squat over it that'll be fun for everyone in the plane i'm sure <laughs> reminds me of a story that uh uh, Michael Wilbon from uh, ESPN's uh, Pardon the Interruption talked about uh, there's this new trend where everyone gets their dog certified as like a service animal or whatever. And someone had brought like this giant, like 150 pound dog into first class on this plane. And uh, the dog started whimpering and whining about halfway through the flight and just uh, just took a huge dump just right in the middle of the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Like, could you imagine? Could you imagine a dog just takes a huge deuce right in the middle of the cabin, halfway through like a five-hour flight? That's, that feels like that feels like an emergency landing situation. Well, I saw that where uh, a woman brought a squirrel on a flight, <laughs> and uh, they had to end up diverting the plane because it got loose. And it's like, are you fucking stupid? She claimed it was a cat, and I guess they didn't check. But it was in a carrier and then got loose. Goddamn millennials. No, it was a, it was a middle-aged I, crazy I, lady. No, I, no, I know. That's, <laughs> but, yeah. We, we had this, we had a Twitter, or we had a uh, text exchange recently where, you know, there's all these articles blaming for millennials for something, and I think the most recent one was uh, millennials are responsible for, uh, for the end, like um, the uh, drop in... Uh, American cheese sales. I was yeah, like, I was like, wait a second. I was like, wait a second. So we're supposed to be mad at a group of people for realizing that they don't have to eat shitty processed fake cheese products. Like that's like we're supposed to hate them for this. Like, oh, you scourge of the earth! How dare you not eat this fake processed cheese? How dare you? Like, how? <laughs> Millennials get all the blame, but it's all these fucking baby boomers that ruin everything. Exactly. Fuck well, you, they- baby boomers. <laughs> Which includes probably my both of my parents that are listening to this podcast. I love you guys, and it's not really your fault, but it's people your age that are... Yeah, you know. it was all of you guys. You all fucked <laughs> up. My, my parents are cool, man. My parents are cool. They might not know what they're doing, but Motherf- they, motherfucker, they motherfucker, we're we're creeping up to Christmas time. Don't be talking shit about my parents. I, I <laughs> you know, I need presents. Yeah, I'm still, I, I'm still. See, here's another benefit of not having kids. When you don't have kids, when you're a grown ass adult, your parents still buy you presents. Yeah, I didn't think that through. Yes. See, quick, quick goat thinking on that one. All right, so um, Jesus, how the fuck did we get to that? I'm just all over the place today. I didn't sleep very well last night. Um, so we have a, a couple more things I want to I want to touch on before we get out of here. I'm gonna save uh, a couple of these things for a little bit uh, towards the towards the end. But another thing that Nikki mentioned is she enjoyed uh, the conversation that you and I had recently about the uh, the moon landing. And interesting, interesting, interestingly enough, uh, a movie, uh, First Man, came out this weekend uh, talking about uh, the moon landing, and it did not do well at the box office. Must be, must be because they didn't have the American flag shot uh, in, the, uh, in the landing. That had to be it. That, that's the, uh, the Republican line on it anyway. Yeah. They, boycott, they boycotted it because they didn't show the 
American flag on the moon landed. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Anyway, so Nikki, Nikki wanted to know uh, what are a couple of other conspiracy theories that you're kind of interested in right now that uh, that you, that you're a little bit sucked into. Do you got anything right now? Yeah, I, always, always, always. But uh, one of the ones we kind of touched on before was uh, Saudi Arabia's involvement in uh, 9-11 and how our government downplayed it. I actually think that... That's not really a conspiracy, though, is it? Like, that's actual so, fact that people that, just don't talk that, about. That's, yeah, that's the first step. What The conspiracy that I look into and, and subscribe to and believe is that there are officials that were in our government that knew the attack was happening and allowed it to happen. Like, they... We, we had, this, this part's been proven too. We had intercepts that showed that they were planning this exact attack. We knew the targets. We knew the conspirators. We, we had all this stuff lined up. Knowing that, they still went ahead with a war games test in New York that confused the air traffic control because they were doing tests on a, so they thought it was a drill when they were getting these reports of the plane, that these planes were going right. close to the World Trade Center, where we could have intercepted and shot the planes down. Still terrible. We still would have lost people, but they wouldn't have hit the building. They allowed that to happen. I don't think everybody in the government knew, but right. I think certain individuals knew and allowed it to happen. They buried it. That's... And the reason behind it is because of business interests they, they made a lot of money off of us going to war, and they made a lot of money off the, um, these different things happening, including the fact that the, it was the World Trade Center, because they, they had a lot of different records and stuff in those buildings. So I think we allowed it to happen, and part of that was because of our ties to Saudi Arabia, and they knew that the Saudis were behind part of it. So because of their interest with the Saudi royal family, they allowed that to happen, and then buried the fact that the Saudis were the money backers of those terrorists. Yeah. So, I, I, not, I struggle. Not a, not a fun one. No. And that, that's one of the frustrating parts when you hear someone, when you talk about some sort of conspiracy with someone and they go, well, there's no way that the government could keep that secret. The government is so huge. Like, have you never heard of compartmentalization? Like a, a small number of people, can can create a lot of havoc and can keep a secret like it doesn't you don't need 5000 people to know i mean if you have the right people in the right places you can you can pull off you know a a, a number of a different things so you know i it, it it does it does boggle my mind that you would have people that would be like you know we're going to let this happen but if you think about the the military industrial complex that has supported the economy of this country for generations, like when you stop to think about how much money they they likely made off of this, it's not really that big of a stretch to think, hey, these fucking criminal business fucks decided that they wanted to make a bunch of money and this is an easy way to kickstart that. Eh, I I'm not saying that I 100% believe it, but it's certainly uh, a lot more plausible than uh, some other scenarios. Right. 
Well, and I, if you're that corrupt of a person, too, you have the separation of saying you didn't cause it. You, you know what I mean? Right. It was it was bound to happen. You just didn't stop it. Yeah. So uh, do you have so, do you have a second one? I do. I, I have uh, one that's a little bit more fun. I, a couple actually. Um, the Alex Jones came up uh, when it comes to conspiracy theories. Alex Jones is always a fun one, or at least he was back in the day. He had started a conspiracy theory that uh, Michelle Obama was a transgender woman, that right. she was originally a man. Right. And that Joan, I don't know if you remember this, but Joan Rivers made some shots at Michelle Obama yeah. and the fact that she was a transgender man. Yep. Shortly before she was accidentally killed during a uh, surgery that she was having. Right. So his conspiracy was, that not only is Michelle Obama a transgender woman, but because Joan Rivers put that out in the public, that the Obamas had her killed. So uh, if you thought that it was an accident that Joan Rivers died, it, it wasn't. It was actually <laughs> the Obamas that killed her. So when people say that, uh, you know, the Obamas had a clean record, it was actually <laughs> a lie. The bushes, the bushes, the bushes, the bushes kill thousands of people in order to jumpstart a, a war to make billions of dollars. The Obamas had someone killed because uh, they were mean to her. Yeah, they, they, well, not only they were mean to her, but they outed the Obama secret that she was Right, mentioned. right, right, exactly. But, uh, yeah, that, I, I always thought that was a fun one. I, do I believe that? Not in the least, but it's a fun one. You know, it's one of those lighthearted, like, well, I, I guess not too lighthearted if you're Joan Rivers' family and you believe it, but <laughs> uh, it, it just always struck me as a funny one. Uh, one of my favorite uh, conspiracy theories is the Mandela effect. Do you know about that? Uh, I think so, but go ahead and remind me. It's The, the idea is that there's parallel universes that are on top of each other, so parallel timelines. Right. But they're slightly different. And when you have, people will have these memories of the past that are different than our actual reality now. And that's caused by our timelines intersecting sometimes. And they overlap and you it confuses your memory. So you have a memory of a different timeline than we're actually on right now. And different events will cause us to jump right. these timelines. Anyways, that, that's the basic premise of what is the cause of it. The reason it's called the Mandela effect is there's a large number of people out there that believe Nelson Mandela died in prison. They're convinced that he died in prison in the 80s, that he never was freed, and that they actually watched on TV while he had his funeral. Yeah. It was like his funeral was in the 80s on TV, and that he never lived to become free and then, you know, the prominent figure that he was today. So that's where the Mandela effect comes from. But the one, the thing that drew me in and got me is, do you remember the Bearstein Bears books from when? Yeah, yeah. Like when we were kids. Um, I've always known it as the Bearstein Bears with an E in it. Yeah. It's actually the Bearstein Bears. So it's got an A in it. And I'm convinced 
that it was Berenstein, not Berenstein. Yeah. And I, that's I, what that's I what always it. remembered as the Berenstein Bears. Yeah, it's not. It's the Berenstein Bears. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's that's the first one that drew me. And I was like, maybe this is weird. And I, I was convinced that something was up with that. And then they have where Jiff peanut butter used to be Jiffy peanut butter. Back in the 80s, people are convinced that it used to be Jiffy peanut butter. But yeah. when you go back, it's always been Jeff. Uh-huh. Um, a lot. Well, of that's. I think that's. I think that's people conflate. I think that's people conflating Jiffy and Skip, Jeff and Skippy. That that's what some people argue, but other people say no. It was for sure Jiffy peanut butter. And no, my, that's my mom. That's bullshit. My because mom always called it Jiffy. Well, just because people call something Jiffy, like they had Jiffy no, no, pop no. popcorn, like, but is it? Did the same company at some point own all those products together? No. I don't believe so. I don't know. That's, um, that's a weird one. Yeah, that, that one was weird. Uh, but that's one that my mom believes. She's convinced that it used to be Jiffy Peanut Butter. Uh, sex and the City, not Sex in the City. Yeah. Some people are convinced that it used to be Sex in the City. That's just people being uh, fucking stupid. My, one of my favorites is Curious uh, George. I I can remember in the books that he would swing by his tail. Yeah. But Curious George does not have a tail. Hmm. But it's just little little in, inconsistencies so in think, the time like that. So do you think that's also where, like, when we think we have like some sort of deja vu that we're not really having deja vu that it's like timelines intersecting and like it's something that as happened at a different time and we're just seeing it again that that's what some people would argue that yeah. it's just the the timelines lining up another another huge one is with a lot of people from star wars yeah. luke i am your father yeah vader never says luke i am your father he says no i am your father and right. if you go back on the on the movie that yeah, but that's a thing where like that's that's something where people take a famous Could line. Remember it, yeah. Well, no, it's one of, it's one of those things where they they condense the dialogue and then it gets repeated so often that that just becomes the story. What about the fact that C three PO wasn't all gold? He had a silver leg. At which time? Which one? Um, I believe it's. The last or the well, because there's uh, the one when they go to when they go to Lando's planet, he gets all a new torn home, the first one he gets all busted up and they like they like find another spare leg to like try to put him back together. No, like when he's the getting, first movie, the first movie, the entire time he has a silver leg. Uh, that sounds like it's just yeah, bad. That sounds like it's just bad coloration that someone's not. I don't know. I think you guys are all fucking wackos. <laughs> but um, another one that one of my favorite ones, the, the funniest, is uh, that Sinbad was a move uh, in a genie movie back right. in the early nineties. Yeah. Do you remember that at all? He was Shazam. He wasn't Shazam. I think I thought it was Shazam. No, maybe it wasn't Shazam. There's a. 
I can't remember the name of it. I swear it was Shazam. Uh. Sinbad. I'll, I'll look it up right now. Sinbad Genie. Yeah, it's the first thing that pops up on Google. Yeah, Shazam. Most people, tons of people remember a movie from the 90s that doesn't exist. Yep. Wasn't he the voice of a genie in the movie, though? Nope. Hmm. I don't remember but, anything about but, a movie called Shazam, but... So you know. weren't part of that timeline, then. Eh, well, whatever. See, that's the thing. It's Not everybody was part of the same timeline. You're, you're a different version of Dustin that wasn't part of that timeline. Can I be can I be the Dustin that's the Dustin that's part of a timeline where he's not so fat? That would be awesome. Can, hey. I, can I get that version of like not I don't I, like I don't need to switch for it to forever, but can I have like my charm and personality but like in like a not so fat body? Just for like uh, There's infinite timelines, so you know. Yeah, can I can I switch yeah, this yeah, that'd be good times. Anyway, let's uh let's let's move on. <laughs> we got a couple more topics to hit and then we'll get you out of here. Um so we're going to close with uh we're going to close with giving you with you giving us your list because I've had a few different people say, "Oh, that was really funny. You should ask everyone that on your show." So we'll close with that here in a second, but before we do that, we've traveled around a lot together as we've talked about and you've traveled a lot of different places and and gone out and 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 had a lot of good food. Do you remember like a couple of like the your favorite meals like whether you're traveling or just like growing up like this is a favorite place to go eat or anything like that do you have some of those memories yeah definitely um my first trip to new york city uh, i went for wrestling with jay and a couple other people did you finally did you finally get to try the best pizza ever in new york sabaros (laughs) 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 talking shit on new york pizza but um no there there's a guy named Josh that uh, lived in New York at the time that he was part of, he was like one of the ring of honor back behind the scenes guys. Anyways, he was friends with Jay and stuff. And when we were in New York, he put us up in his little apartment and stuff. And then he took us one of the days we were there. He took us to this little uh, family owned Italian restaurant where it was a storefront during the day. And then at night they would open the front side of the building, like, it popped up and be, was open air and then they would bring out these tables inside the store and it, there were like four or five tables. It was a small little restaurant, but it's a little family restaurant. Right. And they imported all their stuff every day would come in from Italy. So it was all fresh ingredients and stuff. That is the best food I've ever had. I had, I ended up ordering like three dishes. I had like lasagna, linguine and some, I don't remember what the third dish was, but the best italian food i've ever had in my life i'd say that was my number one favorite meal i've ever had uh, would you would you, also, would you be able to find that place no no there's no way no N- not at all like he, he uh josh could i'm sure because he lived there for a right. while but there's no way i i would have no idea where to find it in new york other than he, you know, he lived there and then brought us over there. Because I'm, uh, I'm not going to lie, that story, I, I'm now sexually aroused. Yeah, it, it was, being there, I I can understand that. You deserve to be sexually aroused. It was that good of food. Uh, other than that, I've had some amazing steak dinners in different cities. I, I don't remember the name of the restaurant, but I, I went to one of the 
what was considered the number one steakhouse in Indianapolis and had some flame and yon steaks that were like $200. And I had two of them and they were just, they, you didn't need a knife. It just cut with a fork, just amazing rare steaks. And it, I, I did not it, pay for uh, those steaks. Was it called St. Elmo's? I don't know. Maybe I, it was just insanely priced. I know that, but gotcha. I went with Murphy and they picked up the tab. So they said we could oh, order they, whatever we wanted. They probably, like, they, probably took, they probably took you guys to like Morton's. I don't know. I, I know whatever it was, it was at, at the time it would have been a good eight years ago. Right. It was the number one steakhouse in Indianapolis. Gotcha. So whatever, whatever one it was, whoever it was, it was just amazing steaks. I don't know if I would have thought they were as amazing if I had got the uh, bill at the end of the meal, but right. there, there was uh, great steaks. And then with no food list of mine would ever be complete without the uh, mystery pizza spot in Vegas. Oh God, it's so one of good. my favorites. It's so good. I'm I'm supposed to I'm supposed to be going to Vegas in January, and I am definitely gonna have to make another visit to Secret Pizza. It is it is really really good. I found a uh, a pizza spot when I was in Nashville that we went to for lunch, uh, and there was a there was a little dive bar next door, uh, but we went and had uh, had pizza there, and honestly, it was better than Secret Pizza. What? Yeah, it's it's probably the best. Now I've never been to New York City, so I've never had a like a New York slice. I've never that's not something I've ever had a chance to do yet. I'm looking forward to that opportunity. Um, but as of right now, I would I would rank that that piece of pizza that I had in Nashville slightly higher than that of of Secret Pizza. Just I don't know. I felt like the first time we went to Secret Pizza, I think it was by far the best pizza I've ever had. This last time that we went, I don't know. Something about it felt like it, it's one of those things where it's like not everyone used to know about it, and so I think they. It was I don't know. It just felt a little bit different. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Right. No, I I would agree with that. It wasn't quite as good as the first time, but what is? Oh, that's true. Let's uh, we'll wrap things up with with this. This is gonna be like oh, wait, my wait, wait. oh oh what? real quick yes we, we, I gotta I gotta jump in there beforehand okay you guys spoke last episode about a star is born yes and you guys raved about it yes. so I went and watched it yes and I thought it was amazing that movie I, it, I, I cried I I thought it was it's fucking phenomenal and then the day after I watched this movie I'm listening to NPR and they're doing a review on it. And they had this feminist on the fucking show that dogged that movie top to bottom about how it was toxic. And, it, and I'm like, it's just a great story. Well, they shouldn't have uh, pulled down Lady Gaga's character by having this relationship. She shouldn't have. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? But anyways, that See, aside. Here's, it, the, here's the thing I'll say about A Star is Born. We are so used to watching movies where something bad that the the bad thing that happens to people is caused by um you know we're we're, we're so used to there there being like infidelity or like physical abuse or something like that these are just two people that are literally head over heels in love with each other that 
you're seeing their their career paths diverge. Like I kept waiting because I haven't seen any of the original movies. I kept waiting for uh, Jack to like cheat on her on the road or like like something super cynical because that's what we're so used to seeing. But this movie at its core is just a pure love story, and I think we d- we see so few stories anymore where it's it's literally people two people that are just in love and then that like just that person just dies and like obviously yeah, they're, they're broken right and it's 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 two people that they're not perfect but they were perfect for each other and unfortunately one person was so broken that he couldn't survive his disease and <laughs> That I I would have to hear what that lady had to say, but that that sound that is just wildly false. I feel. Yeah. Well, it, it, everybody on the show kind of threw some shade at the movie, and another thing they picked on was the fact that Sam Elliott's character had said that uh, Jack's suicide. Well, spoiler alert if, <laughs> if they haven't watched it, um, that his suicide was wasn't her fault and wasn't. Uh, was it Sam Elliott's character Billy? Uh, I don't yeah, remember his name. Like that, yeah, something like that. Anyways, it wasn't the brother's fault. It wasn't uh, Lady Gaga's fault. It was Jack's own fault. And right. They they were shitting on that because they're like, you know, you the the stigma with mental illness, and you shouldn't ever say it's their fault that they committed to. And it's like, it's his view as that character which is a view that a lot of people do have right it it, it doesn't have to be right it's a it, i thought it gave more depth to the character yes that you know that yeah he he was angry and he was hurt and he he's like he needed somebody to blame for it yeah. and he was trying to let her know that it wasn't her fault but anyways um yeah i thought i just wanted to touch on that and say that amazing movie if people haven't gone and watched it off your first recommendation once again, just I'm going to go watch it again. I I thought they did a great job. I had seen the uh, the previous one with uh, Christopherson and Barbara yeah. Streisand, and because like it's on yeah. Netflix or something. I've heard it's terrible. Yeah, uh, I Barbara Streisand. I know some people love her, and she's uh, you know the you know the bee's knees to some people, but she is a god awful actress and. If you go and watch this version and think that somehow Barbara Streisand is a better actress than Lady Gaga, you're crazy. I don't care how how young old you are. Uh, Lady Gaga knocked it out of you know out of the park yeah. compared to anything Barbara Streisand could touch. Plus, even if you watch that other version, all the songs are different in this. Right. Every, you know, like it's it's changed. The basic story is the same, but it changed a lot. And so, they they were way more graphic on the fact that he committed suicide. Like it was hinted at on the other one, but they didn't really. Did you know how many? Do you know how many chunks of this I'm gonna have to cut out? Because <laughs> you keep fucking spoiling <laughs> it for people. <laughs> or or just in the beginning of the your and your show. Yeah, just at the uh, beginning. Yeah, I'll say, hey, we're up. gonna talk about a Star's Born. Rod can't stop spoiling the fucking movie. So if you haven't seen it yet, maybe skip over that part. Yeah, exactly. Um, the, so what I'll say is we, we've tried desperately to – we really want to go see it again. Uh, but 
both Nikki and myself, we can both together and independently of each other, we cannot stop listening to the soundtrack. Like it's both of us just have it on repeat on Spotify. Yeah, they did amazing. It's, yeah. it's incredible. Um, so let's let's uh, let's wrap this thing up here because I've I kept you a, a long time here already on this uh, beautiful Sunday, and I would like to get out in the sun before it goes away. So I think this might end up being like the closing bit for uh, for a few of my guests. You know, obviously you're a recurring guest, so I probably won't ask you every time you're on to give me your list. Although maybe I will because maybe you can just change it every time. But everyone knows the uh, the list game um where you you have a list of people that you know you you give to your significant other that uh hey these are the people that i get a free pass on um you know and 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 you just go with it and i'm interested to hear who who makes the stark list these days the the one and only stark list the top of my list i i don't know if everybody out there agrees but for me alicia keys wow she she not only is she, I, I find her so fucking attractive. Okay. But that voice too, like somebody that you could be with and they could sing to you after. Oh my god, sing to oh you, sing to you during my brother. Yeah, there you go. Um, so, uh, and b- then braids, braids but, or no braids? I feel like braids is the way to go with yeah. her. Although I'm I'm looking at I, a couple of pictures of her right now, like. Under Any, s- sneaky, anyway, sneaky, yeah. solid number one pick. I was not. Yeah. Like I'm. I, I. That's not one I would have went to. But sneaky, sneaky, solid number one pick, sir. I'm. I'm. I'm with you. Like that's a list possibility for me as well. Like. Whew. Yeah. Like. That without. I know that I'm probably on her list as well. So if she hears this, <laughs> just know that Alicia, you you are my number one pick. So you just let me know. I I will I will say this, sir. There is an establishment that I enjoy frequenting here in Houston that I I tried to get you to, but it didn't work out when you were here. There's an individual that works there. Doesn't pretty pretty close doppelganger. Especially after a couple drinks. No, even yeah. without. <laughs> can, but and can I can she sing? and I can and I can well, that I don't know about and I can neither confirm nor deny that I have that person's phone number. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, so, okay. and then yeah. from the, so she's she's the overwhelming top. The okay. other the other ones on the list are in no particular order, and a lot of them it's because of roles they've played, and like, the rest of them are all actresses. Right. Okay. Uh, Kirsten Dunst. She's on my list. That's another. That's one that people are like, "What?" But yeah, Kirsten Dunst, definitely on the list. The next one would be Emma Stone. Nice. I'm with you. Especially with the red hair. Yes. Absolutely. Always had a thing for red hair. Emma Stone's on that list. Are you so, so would, real quick before before we move away right. from Emma Stone? Uh, are you excited to see this uh, new Netflix thing that's coming out with her and Jonah Hill? It's out. Is it? Did you watch it? It is. I I started it and uh, not not anything to do with the actual uh, miniseries because it's like a limited miniseries. Right. Nothing to do with the quality of it. I fell asleep almost immediately, but okay. I was super tired. So gotcha. I have, but I, I've got huge recommendations from some friends. Okay. They're like you're, you gotta watch it. All right, it's cool. Really good. So, cool, cool. yeah, definitely. 
that that's probably going to be on the list for tonight is watching some Emma Stone and uh, Maniac. But uh, the next one is Natalie Emanuel. Do you know who that is? Natalie, uh, the the chick from Game of Thrones. Yeah, Khaleesi's uh, yeah, right hand yeah, yeah. woman. Yep. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yep. I can. She, I can. Plus, she's, plus, she's uh, plus, she has that accent. Like, uh, ooh, yeah. The hair, yeah. the curly, the curly afroy sort of like uh, tight curls. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, yeah, I'm just, fully, I fully support that pick. Gorgeous, but also has that sweet, innocent look, and just yep. oh my god. And then uh, the final for the top five would be Margot Robbie. Nice, Robbie. all right. So yeah, now, and that, now, that was after Harley Quinn. Yeah, okay. I was going to say did that she gets the nod after she uh, has the turn as Harley Quinn. Uh, to be fair, she was already probably on the list after Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but oof. I mean, Harley Quinn put her up Ooh. a couple. She she came close to dethroning Alicia Keys because Alicia Keys has been like my number one girl for for years. I'm like, Wah. but and that's my top five for my guys. My guy list. Yes. Okay. I like this. I like this. All right. I only have two guys. Okay. It used to be, it's always been one guy that I was like, damn, he's such a beautiful man. And that was Brad Pitt. Wow. Any guy that doesn't think Brad Pitt's a beautiful guy, they're lying. This dude is a a specimen. Yeah. But. And literally, literally just is, continues to be good looking, like without fail for all these years. He's just a gorgeous man. But he has been dethroned as my guy. Okay. My one guy. We have a new leader. We have a new leader. Here it is. Here it comes. The first name's Chris. Oh. He's a Marvel superhero. Oh. Which one? It's not my boy. It's not my boy. Star-Lord. And it's not Captain America. It's Thor. Yes. Is my guy. Yes. I love it. He's. He's not only a beautiful man, he is a funny motherfucker. He was not uh, he was not my guy until Thor Ragnarok yep. when he showed his humorous side and then more and more I'm seeing how funny he is. He's is my guy. He beat out Brad Pitt. He's a new guy. So, so Chris Helmsworth, if you're listening, hey. You'll notice doing, you'll notice that I have <laughs> not repeated many of the names that you said, and that's specifically because there's a person that can hear me recording this that is very interested in hearing about this, and I don't want her to be to get all the spoilers. So I'm 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 not saying much about about these picks, but I'm I'm excited to to hear that. So uh, hats off to you, sir. Uh, the next podcast after she has a chance to hear this, I, I, I will dive into that a little bit more when I can when I can say a few more words about that. But yes, I'm uh, I'm on board with that. And uh, whew, sorry, just the thought. Of, <laughs> Did not <laughs> Just the thought. I got the vapors over here. Whew. Well, sir, that's another podcast in the book for us. Crushed it as always. How how is it that an hour and twenty minutes has just flown by with us? I don't know. You just bring the heat. I don't know. Is it because is it is it because we're like best friends and like we literally could talk on the phone for three hours and not uh, and not record it and still be entertained? It could be that. It, it is that the, the fact that we do have these records of our conversations now. I love it. So we can just reminisce on the old times if we ever forget. If I ever, you know, God forbid. Well, 
not that I think there's a God, but that's a story for another day. <laughs> if I ever had <laughs> Alzheimer's and, and don't remember stuff, the fact that I have these podcasts to go back and listen to and remember the good times is a glorious, glorious thing. So hopefully th- this stays in uh, the records for perpetuity, and uh, we have it always. It's a beautiful thing. All right, plug your podcast, <laughs> and let's get the fuck out of here. Indeed, it's The Stark Contrast. You can find it anywhere you're, uh, you're currently finding your podcasting. You can also find it on your Google devices as well as your um, Amazon home speakers just by saying play the Stark Contrast podcast. Beautiful. I thank you once again to the Hall of Famer, Rod Stark. Your chain and medallion will be in the mail as soon as we have funding to do such things but you are definitely a first ballot hall of famer when this goes up on tuesday morning i will definitely be asleep recovering from the debauchery that i'm going to take part in on monday as we celebrate my friend chelsea's birthday going to uh going to a place named after a great state uh shout out to the colorado i'll see you and all the lovely ladies in your delicious beverages uh coming up here in a little while can't wait for that to happen that's my guest. That's Rod Stark. That's it for this week's episode of Just Another White Guys Podcast. I'm Dustin Jones. Always protect the five hole. Too much. Oh, that hurt. Oh, too much. Too much. Oh, it's too big. It was too much.